Chapter six of the Romance of Modern Invention. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kirk Hendrick, Trinity, Florida. The Romance of Modern Invention by Archibald Williams. Chapter six. Part one. Modern Artillery, Rifles, Machine Guns. Modern Artillery. The vast subject of artillery in its modern form include under this head, for convenience sake, not only heavy ordnance, but machine guns and small arms, can of necessity only be dealt with most briefly in this chapter. It may therefore well be to take a general survey and to define beforehand any words or phrases which are used technically in describing the various operations. The employment of firearms dates from a long distance past, and it is interesting to note that many improvements introduced during the last century is but a revival of former invention which only lack accuracy in tools and appliances and hitherto prevented from being brought into practical usage so far back as fourteen ninety eight the art of rifling cannon in straight grooves was known and a british patent was taken out in sixteen thirty five by rotsapan the grooves were first made spiral or screwed by coster of birmingham about sixteen twenty Berlin possesses a rifled cannon with 13 grooves dated 1664. But the first recorded uses of such weapons in actual warfare was during Louis Napoleon's Italian campaign in 1859, and two years later by General James of the United States Army. The system of breech-loading, again, is as old as the 16th century, and we find a British patent of 1741, while the first United States patent was given in 1811 for a flint weapon magazine guns of american production appeared in eighteen forty nine and eighteen sixty but these were really an adaptation of the old matchlock revolvers said to belong to the period of fourteen eighty to fifteen hundred there is one in the tower of london credited to the fifteenth century and a british patent of seventeen eighteen describes a well-constructed revolver carried on a tripod and of the dimensions of a modern machine gun the inventor gravely explains that he has provided round chambers for round bullets to shoot Christians, and square chambers with square missiles for use against the Turks. The word ordnance is applied to heavy guns of all kinds, and includes guns mounted on fortresses, naval guns, siege artillery, and that for use in the field. These guns are all mounted on stands or carriages, and may be divided into three classes. 1. Cannon or heavy guns, two, howitzers, for field, mountain, or siege use, which are lighter and shorter than cannon, and designed to throw hollow projectiles with comparatively small charges, three, mortars, for throwing shells at a great elevation. The modern, long-range guns and improved howitzers have, however, virtually superseded mortars. Machine guns of various forms are comparatively small and light, transportable by hand, and fill in a place between cannon and small arms, the later term embracing the soldier's personal armament of rifle and pistol or revolver, which are carried in the hand. A group of guns of the light design are generally given the name of their first inventor, or the place of manufacture, such as the Armstrong gun, the Vickers Maxim, the Martini Henry rifle, or the Enfield. The indifferent use of several expressions in describing the same weapon is, however, rather confusing. One particular gun may thus be referred to 
by its weight in tons or cwt as a 35 ton gun by the weight of its projectile as a 68 pounder by its caliber that is the size of bore as the four inch gun of these the heavier breech loading bl and quick firing qf guns are generally known by the size of bore small qfs field guns and c by the weight of projectile it is therefore desirable to enter these particulars together when making any list of service ordnance for future reference no individual gun whether large or small is a single hole but consists of several pieces fastened together by many clever devices the principal parts of a cannon are one the chase or main tube in which the projectile is loaded terminating at one end in the muzzle two the breech piece consisting of a the chamber which is bored out for a larger diameter than a chase to contain the firing charge b the breech plug which is closed before the charge is exploded and screwed tightly into place sealing every aperture by means of a special device called the obturator in order to prevent any gases passing out round it instead of helping to force the projectile forwards toward the muzzle the whole link of inside tube is termed the barrel as in a machine gun rifle or sporting piece but in the latter two weapons the breech opening is closed by sliding or springing back the breech block or bolt into firing position old weapons as a rule were smooth bored sb firing a round missile between which and a barrel a considerable amount of gases generated by the explosion escaped and caused loss of power this escape of gas being known as windage in all modern weapons we use conical projectiles fitted near the base with a soft copper driving band the diameter of which is somewhat larger than that of the bore of the gun and cut a number of spiral grooves in the barrel the enormous pressure generated by the explosion of charge forces the projectile down the bore of the gun and out the muzzle the body of the projectile made of steel or iron being smaller in diameter than the bore easily passes through but the driving band being of greater diameter and being composed of soft copper can only pass down the bore with the projectile by flowing into the grooves thus preventing any escape of gas and being forced to follow their twist it therefore rotates rapidly on its own longitudinal axis while passing down the barrel and on leaving the muzzle two kinds of velocity have been imparted to it first a velocity of motion through the air secondly a velocity of rotation round its axis which causes it to fly steadily onward in the required direction i e prolongation of the axis of the gun thus extreme velocity and penetrating power as well as correctness of aim are acquired the path of a projectile through the air is called a trajectory and if uninterrupted its flight would continue on indefinitely in a perfectly straight line but immediately a shot has been hurled from the gun by the explosion in its rear two other natural forces begin to act upon it gravitation which tends to bring it to earth air resistance which gradually checks its speed theoretically a bullet dropped perpendicularly from the muzzle of a perfectly horizontal rifle would reach the ground at the same moment as another bullet fired from the muzzle horizontally the action of gravity being the same in both cases. Its direct, even course is therefore deflected till it forms a curve, and sooner or later it returns to Earth, still retaining a part of its velocity. 
to counteract the attraction of gravity the shot is thrown upwards by elevating the muzzle care being taken to direct the gun's action to the same height above the object as the force of gravitation would draw the projectile down during the time of flight the gunner is enabled to give the proper inclination to its piece by means of the sights one of these near the muzzle being generally fixed while that next the breech is adjustable by sliding up an upright bar which is so graduated that the proper elevation for any required range is given the greater the velocity the flatter is the trajectory and the more dangerous to the enemy assuming the average height of a man is six feet all the distance intervening between the point where the bullet has dropped to within six feet of the earth and the point where it actually strikes is dangerous to any one in that interval which is called the danger zone a higher initial velocity is gained by using stronger firing charges in a more extended flight by making a projectile longer in proportion to its diameter the reason why a shell from a cannon travels further than a rifle bullet both having the same muzzle velocity is easily explained a rifle bullet is let us assume three times as long as it is thick a cannon shell the same if the shell have ten times the diameter of the bullet its nose will have ten times ten equals one hundred times the area of the bullet's nose but its mass will be ten times ten times ten equals one thousand times that of the bullet in other words when two bodies are proportional in all their dimensions their air resistance varies as the square of their diameters but their mass and consequently their momentum varies as the cube of their diameters the shell therefore starts with a great advantage over a bullet and may be compared to a crew of cyclists on a multi-cycle all cutting the same path through the air whereas the bullet resembles a single rider who has to overcome as much air resistance as the front man of the crew but not the weight of other riders behind to help him as regards the effect of rifling it is to keep the bullet from turning head over heels as it flies through the air and to maintain its always point forwards every boy knows that a top sleeps best when it's spinning fast its horizontal rotation overcomes a tendency to vertical movement towards the ground in like manner a rifle bullet spinning vertically overcomes an inclination of its atoms to move out of the horizontal path professor john perry f r s has illustrated this gyroscopic effect as it is called of a whirling body with a heavy flywheel in a case held by a man standing on a pivoted table however much of the man may try to turn the top from its original direction he will fail as long as its velocity of rotation is high he may move the top relatively to his body but the table will turn so as to keep the center line of the top always pointing in the same direction rifles up to the middle of last century our soldiers were armed with a flintlock musket known as brown bess a smooth bore barrel three-quarter inch in diameter thirty-nine inches long weighing with its bayonet over eleven pounds the round laden bullet weighed an ounce and had to be wrapped in a patch or bit of oily rag to make it fit the barrel and prevent windage it was then pushed home with a ramrod on to the powder charge which was ignited by a spark passing from the flint into a priming of powder how little its accuracy of aim could be depended upon however is proved by the word of command when advancing upon an enemy wait till you see the whites of their eyes boys before you fire 
In the year 1680, each troop of lifeguards was supplied with eight rifled carbines, a modest allowance possibly intended to be used merely by those acting as scouts. After this, we hear nothing of them until in 1800 the 95th Regiment received a 20-bore muzzle-loading rifle, exchanged about 1835 for the Brunswick rifle firing a spherical bullet, an improvement that more than doubled its effective range. The company so armed became known as the Rifle Brigade. At last, in 1842, the old flintlock was superseded for the whole army by the original percussion musket, a smooth bore whose charge was exploded by a percussion cap made of copper. That this copper had some commercial value was shown by the rush of roughs to Aldershot and elsewhere upon a field day to collect the split fragments which strewed the ground after the troops had withdrawn. Soon afterward the barrel was rifled and an elongated bullet brought into use. This missile was pointed in front and had a hollowed base so contrived that it expanded immediately the pressure of exploding gases was brought to bear on it, and thus filled up the grooves, preventing any windage. The one adopted by our army in the year 1852 was a production of the M. Minnie, a Frenchman, though an expanding bullet of English invention had been brought forward several years before. Meanwhile, the Prussians had their famous needle gun, a breech-loading rifled weapon fired by a needle attached to a sliding bolt. As the bolt is shot forward, the needle pierces the charge and ignites the fulminite by friction. This rifle was used in the Prusso-Austrian War of 1866, some twenty years after its first inception, and the French promptly countered it by arming their troops with the chase-pot rifle, an approved edition of the same principle a piece which could be charged and fired in any position from five to seven times as fast as a muzzle-loader, which a soldier had to load standing, naturally caused a revolution in the infantry armament of other nations. The English government, as usual, the last to make a change, decided in 1864 upon using breech-loading rifles. Till a more perfect weapon could be obtained, the infields were at a small outlay converted into breech-loaders after the plans of Mr. Snyder, and were henceforward known as Snyder Enfields. Eventually, as the result of open competition, the Martini-Henry rifle was produced by combining Henry's system of rifling with Martini's mechanism for breech-loading. This weapon had seven grooves with one turn in 22 inches, and weighed with bayonet 10 pounds 4 ounces. It fired with great accuracy, the trajectory having a rise of only eight feet at considerable distances, so that the bullet would not pass over the head of cavalrymen. Twenty rounds could be fired in fifty-three seconds. Now in the later years of the century all weapons had been superseded by magazine rifles, i.e. rifles which could be fired several times without recourse to the ammunition pouch. They differ from the revolver in having only one firing chamber, into which the cartridges are one by one brought by simple action of the breech mechanism, which also extracts the empty cartridge case. The bore of these rifles is smaller and the rifling sharper. They therefore shoot straighter and harder than the large bore, and owing to the use of new explosives the recoil is less. The French level magazine rifle was a pioneer of all now used by European nations. Though a somewhat similar weapon was familiar to the Americans since 1849, being first used during the Civil War, the Henry Rifle, as it was called, afterwards became the Winchester. 
the german army rifle is the mauser so familiar to us in the hands of the boers during the south african war loading five cartridges at once in a case or clip which falls out when empty the same rifle had been adopted by turkey and was used by the spaniards in the late spanish-american war the austrian manlicher adopted by several continental nations in the crag jorgensen now used in the north of europe and as the united states army weapon resembled the mauser in most particulars each of these loads the magazine in one movement with a clip the hotchkiss magazine rifle has its magazine in the stock holding five extra cartridges pushed successfully into loading position by a spiral spring our forces are now armed principally with the lee enfield which has taken the place of the lee medford issued a few years ago these are small bore rifles of dot three o three inch caliber having a detachable box which is loaded with ten cartridges lee medford eight passed up in turn by a spring into the breech whence when the bolt is closed they are pushed into firing chamber the empty case is ejected by pulling back the bolt and at the same time another cartridge is pressed up from the magazine and the whole process repeated when a cutoff is used the rifle may be loaded and fired singly be the magazine full or empty the lee enfield has five grooves lee met for ten making one complete turn from right to left in every ten inches it weighs nine pounds four ounces and the barrel is thirty point one nine seven inches long the range averages thirty five hundred yards we are now falling into line with other powers by adopting the clip form instead of the box for loading the sealed pattern of the new service weapon is thus provided and has also been made somewhat lighter and shorter while preserving the same velocity we are promised an even more rapid firing rifle than any of these one in which the recoil is used toward the breech and lock so that it is a veritable automatic gun indeed several continental nations have made a trial of such weapons and reported favorably upon them one lately tried in italy works by means of gas generated by the explosion passing through a small hole to move a piston rod it is claimed that the magazine can hold as many as fifty cartridges and fire up to thirty rounds a minute but the barrel became so hot after doing this that the trial had to be stopped the principal result of an automatic action would probably be excessive waste of cartridges by wild firing in the excitement of an engagement it is today as true as formerly that it takes on an average man's weight of lead to kill him in battle to our neighbors across the channel the credit also belongs of introducing smokeless powder now universally used that of lee medford being cordite to prevent the bullets flattening on impact they are coated with a hard metal such as nickel and its alloys if the nose is soft or split beforehand a terribly enlarged or lacerated wound is produced so the geneva convention humanely prohibited the use of such missiles in warfare before quitting this part of our subject it is well to add a few words about pistols these have passed through much the same process of evolution as the rifle and have now accumulated in the many-shotted revolver during the period of fourteen eighty to fifteen hundred the matchlock revolver is said to have been brought into use and one attributed to this date may be seen in the tower of london two hundred years ago richards a london glensmith converted the ancient wheel lock into the flint lock he also rifled his barrel and loaded it at the breech the richards weapon was double-barreled 
and unscrewed for loading at the point where the powder chamber ended. The ball was placed in the chamber in close contact with the powder, and a barrel rescrewed. The bullet being a soft leaden ball was forced when the charge was fired through the rifled barrel with great accuracy of aim. The percussion cap did not oust the flintlock till less than a century ago, when many single-barrel pistols, such as the famous Derringer, were produced. These, in their turn, were replaced by the revolver which Colt introduced in 1836 to 1850. Smith and Wesson, in the early 60s, improved upon it by a device for extracting the empty cartridges automatically. Livermore and Russell of the United States invented the clip, containing several cartridges, but the equally well-known Winchester has its cartridges arranged in a tube below the barrel, whence a helical spring feeds them into the breech as fast as they are needed. At the present time, each war department has its own special service weapon. The German Mauser magazine pistol for officers' use fires 10 shots in 10 seconds. A slight pressure of the trigger setting the full machinery in motion the pressure of the gas as each explosion does all the rest of the work, extracts and ejects the cartridge case, cocks the hammer, and presses springs which reload and close the weapon, all in a fraction of a second. The manlicher is one of the same automatic type, but its barrel moves to the front, leaving space for a fresh cartridge to come up from the magazine below, while in the mauser the breech moves to the rear during recoil. The range is a half mile, the cartridges are made up in sets of ten in a case, which can be inserted in one movement. Machine Guns Intermediate between hand-borne weapons and artillery, and partaking of the nature of both, come the machine guns firing small projectiles with extraordinary rapidity. Since the United States made trial of Dr. Gatlin's miniature battery of the Civil War, 1862-1865, Invention has been busy evolving more and more perfect types, till the most modern machine gun is a marvel of ingenuity and effectiveness. The Gatlin machine gun, which has been much improved in late years by the Eccles system of feed, and is not yet completely out of date, consists of a circular series of ten barrels, each with its own lock, mounted on a central shaft and revolved by a suitable gear. The cartridges are successfully fed by automatic actions into the barrels, and the hammers are so arranged that the entire operation of loading, closing the breech, firing, and withdrawing the empty cartridge cases, which is known as their longitudinal reciprocating motion, is carried on while the locks are kept in constant revolution, along with the barrels and breech, by means of a hand crank. One man places a feed case filled with cartridges into the hopper, Another turns a crank. As the gun is rotated, the cartridges drop one by one from the feed cases into the grooves of the carrier, and its lock load feeds and fires each in turn. While the gun revolves further the lock, drawing back, extracts and drops the empty case, it is then ready for the next cartridge. In action, five cartridges are always going through some process of loading, while five empty shells are in different stages of ejection. The latest type, fitted with an electromotor, will fire at the rate of 1,000 rounds per minute, and 80 rounds have actually been fired within 10 seconds. It is not, however, safe to work these machine guns so fast, as the cartridges are apt to be occasionally pulled through unfired and then explode at the men's legs. The automatic guns, on the contrary, 
as they only work by the explosion, are free from any risk of such accidents. The feed drum contains 104 cartridges and can be replaced almost instantly. One drum full can be discharged in five and a quarter seconds. The small size Gatlin has a drum feed of 400 cartridges in 16 sections of 25 with each passed up without interruption. The gun is mounted for use so that it can be pointed at any angle and through a wide lateral range without moving the carriage. The Gardener The Gatlin, as originally made, was for a time superseded by the Gardener, which differed from it in having the barrels, four or fewer in number, fixed in the same horizontal plane. This was worked by a rotary handle on the side of the gun. The cartridges slid down a feed case in a column to the barrel, where they were fired by a spring acting on a hammer. The Nordenfelt. Mr. Nordenfelt's machine gun follows this precedent. Its barrels, 10, 5, 4, 2, or 1 in number, also being arranged horizontally in a strong, rigid frame. Each barrel has its own breech plug, striker, spring, and extractor, and each fires independently of the rest, so that all are not out of action together. The gun has a swiveled mount easily elevated and trained, and the steel frames take up the force of the discharge. In rapid firing, one gunner can work the firing handle while another lays and alters the direction. The firing is operated by a lever working backwards and forwards by hand, and the gun can be discharged at a rate of 600 rounds per minute. The Hotchkiss The Hotchkiss gun, or revolving cannon, is on a fresh system, that of intermittent rotation of the barrels without any rotation of breech or mechanism. There is only one loading piston, one spring striker, and one extractor for all the barrels. The shock of discharge is received against a massive fixed breech, which distributes it through the whole body. Like the Nordenfelt, however, it can be dismounted and put together again without the need of tools. The above pattern throws one-pound projectiles. The Maxim Differing from all these comes the Maxim gun. So much in evidence now with both land and sea service. It is made up of two portions. One fixed, a barrel casing, which is also a water jacket and breech casing. Two, recoiling, a barrel and two side plates which carry lock and crank. This recoiling portion works inside the fixed. The gun is supplied with ammunition by a belt holding 250 cartridges passing through a feed block on the top. Its mechanism is worked automatically, first by the explosion of the charge, which causes the barrel to recoil backwards and extends a strong spring which, on reasserting itself, carries it forward again. The recoiling part moves back about an inch, and this recoil is utilized by bringing into play mechanism which extracts the empty cartridge case, and on the spring carrying the barrel forward again, moves a fresh one into position. Under the barrel casing is the ejector tube through which the empty cartridge cases are ejected from the gun. The rate of fire of the Maxim gun is 600 rounds per minute, Deliberate fire means about 70 rounds per minute. Rapid fire will explode 450 rounds in the same time. As the barrel becomes very hot in use, the barrel casing contains 7 pints of water to keep it cool. About 2,000 rounds can be fired at short intervals. But in continuous firing, the water boils after some 600 rounds, 
it needs replenishing after about a thousand. A valve tube allows steam, but not water to escape. The operator works his gun by pressing a firing lever or button. After starting the machine, he merely sits behind the shield, which protects him from the enemy, directing it, as it keeps on firing automatically so long as the bands of cartridges are supplied and a finger held on a trigger or button. By setting a free couple of levers with his left hand, and by pressing a shoulder against a padded shoulder piece, he is able to elevate or depress, or train a barrel horizontally, without in any way interfering with a hail of missiles. We use two sizes, one with a .45 bore for the Navy, which takes an all-lead bullet weighing 480 grains, and the other is a .303 bore, the ordinary nickel-coated rifle bullet for the Army. But as the Maxim gun can be adapted to every rifle caliber ammunition, it is patronized by all governments. The gun itself weighs 56 pounds and is mounted for use in various ways, on a tripod, a field stand, or a field carriage with wheels. This carriage has 16 boxes of ammunition, each containing a belt of 250 cartridges, making 4,000 rounds altogether. Its total weight is about a half a ton, so that it can be drawn by one horse, and it is built for the roughest cross-country work. A little machine, which can be fixed to the wheel, recharges the belt with cartridges by the working of a handle. For ships, the Maxim is usually mounted on the ordinary naval cone mount, or it can be clamped to the bulwark of the deck or the military top on the mast. But there is a most ingenious form of parapet mounting, known as the garrison mount, which turns the Maxim into a disappearing gun and can be used equally well for fortress walls or improvisioned entrenchments. The gun is placed over two little wheels on which it can be run along by means of a handle pushed behind in something the fashion of a lawnmower. Arrived at its destination, the handle, which is really a rack, is turned downwards, and on twisting one of the wheels, the gun climbs it by means of a pinion cog till it points over the wall, to which hooks at the end of two projecting bars firmly fix it, the broadened end of the handle being held by the weight to the ground. It is locked while in use, but a few turns of the wheel can cause it to sink out of sight in as many seconds. The rifle caliber guns may also be used as very light horse artillery to accompany cavalry by being mounted on a galloping carriage drawn by a couple of horses and with two seats for the operators. The carriage conveys 3,000 rounds and a steel-plated seat turns up and forms shields during action. It is interesting to notice that an extra light form of the gun is made which may be carried strapped on an infantryman's back and fired from a tripod. Two of these mounted on a double tricycle can be propelled at a good pace along a fairly level road, and the riders dismounting have, in a few moments, a valuable little battery at their disposal. The pom-pom, of which we heard so much in the late war, is a large addition of the Maxim automatic system with some differences in the system. Its caliber is one and a half inches. Instead of bullets, it emits explosive shells one pound in weight, fitted with percussion fuses, which burst them into about 12 or 14 pieces. The effective range is up to 2,000 yards, and it will carry to 4,000 yards. An approved pom-pom recently brought out hurls a one and a quarter pound shell 
with effect at a mark of three thousand yards away and as far as six thousand yards before its energy is entirely exhausted the muzzle velocity of this weapon is two thousand three hundred fifty feet a second as against the eighteen hundred feet of the older pattern they both fire three hundred rounds a minute the colt automatic gun is an american invention whose automatic action is due to explosion of the charge not to recoil the force by which the motions of firing extracting and loading are performed is derived from the powdered gases a portion of which passing through a small vent in the muzzle acts by means of a lever on the mechanism of the gun this is also in two parts a barrel attached to b breech casing in which gear for charging firing and ejecting is contained the barrel, made of strong alloy of nickel, has its cartridges fed in by means of belts coiled in boxes attached to the breech casing. The box is moving with the latter, so the movements of the gun do not affect it. These boxes contain 250 cartridges each and are easily replaced. The feed belt is inserted and the lever thrown down and moved backward, once by hand, as far as it will go. This opens the breech and passes the first cartridge from the belt to the carrier. The lever is then released and the spring causes it to fly forward, close the vent, and transfer the cartridge from the carrier to the barrel, also compressing the mainspring and opening and closing the breech. On pulling the trigger the shot is fired, and after the bullet has passed the little vent but is not yet out of the muzzle, the force of expanding gas acted through the vent on the piston sets a gas lever in operation which acts the breech mechanism, opens breech, ejects cartridge case, and feeds another cartridge into the carrier. The gas lever returning forces the cartridge home in a barrel and closes and locks the breech. The hammer of the gun acts as the piston of an air pump, forcing a strong jet of air into the chamber and through the barrel, thus removing all unburnt powder and thoroughly cleansing it. The metal employed is strong enough to resist the heaviest charge of nitro powder, and the accuracy of its aim is not disturbed by the vibrations of rapid fire. It does not heat fast, so has no need of water jacket, any surplus heat being removed by system of radiation. The bore is made of any rifle caliber for any small arm ammunition and is fitted with a safety lock. For our own pieces we use the Lee Medford cartridges. 400 shots per minute can be fired. The gun consists altogether of 94 pieces, but the working pieces, i.e., those only which need to be separated for cleaning and see, when in the hands of the artilleryman, are less than 20. It can be handled in action by one man, the operation resembling that of firing a pistol. The machine weighs 40 pounds, and for use by cavalry or infantry, can be mounted on the Dundonald Galloping Carriage. The ammunition box containing 2,000 rounds ready for use, carries the gun on its upper side and is mounted on a strong steel axle. A pole with a slotted end is inserted into a revolving funnel on the bend of the shaft, the limbering up being completed by an automatic bolt and plug. The gun carriage itself is of steel, with hickory wheels and hickory and steel shafts, detachable at will. The simple harness suits are saddle cavalry horse, and the shafts work in sockets behind the rider's legs. Its whole weight with full load of ammunition is under 400 weight. End of chapter 6, part 1